Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Independently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief disclaimer. Hope you guys enjoy. The views and opinions expressed by past, present, and future guests of Independently Minded have not been expressed by me, and they may not be shared by me. The views and opinions that I express on Independently Minded are, of course, satirical. Come on, guys. If this is a hard concept for you to grasp and you're listening to this episode and you're confused, stop, take a deep breath, and do this thought experiment. If you like what I said, maybe you can assume and you can tell yourself that it's my real opinion. If you don't like what I said, just convince yourself that this is satire, because this podcast is satire. And this is, of course, a character. Nobody would have these real opinions, would they? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. How's it going, guys and gales? It's your boy, it's your grifter, Mehdi Hassan, back at it with another episode of Independently Minded. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode if you listened to it. it, it was I was gone for a, a while, had a long hiatus away. I was uh, helping I was helping Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Maloney find out ways to inject more uh, Parmashinkin into the Italian population to preserve Italian culture. Anyway, I'm back with a new episode a week after the last episode. Proud of myself. There's a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, first, first couple things I didn't really look into too much. I got a, a little bit of, I got a little bit of a refresher on my Google News feed this morning before I hopped on, hopped on the mic to start spitting bars. So I saw Zelensky met with Georgia Maloney, who I was just speaking about, Italian Prime Minister. He's also meeting with Pope Francis. Pope Francis is hopefully trying to push peace talks. I assume that Georgia Maloney is also pushing peace talks because she is focusing on, or at least she's claiming she wants to focus on rebuilding Italy, you know, pushing real Italian identity to its people, preserving Italian culture. I've talked about this a few times, some of the moves that she's made pretty early. And she famously ran on opposing the EU's tyrannical nature. The EU is not as great as people in the EU claim to be. The EU is not as great as people who are trying to be the czars of the EU claim to be. Uh, the EU doesn't really benefit you unless you are a developing nation. There's There are countries that have recognized this and they've decided not to join. And there are countries that recognize this and decided to leave. Uh, one's the main, specifically the only one I think that I know of, specifically being Britain, the UK. You guys remember Brexit. A lot of people said that if you supported Brexit, you're a racist piece of shit, scumbag asshole. And, you know, like with everything, there are reasons why people support Brexit, why they support, why they supported leaving the EU so they could, you know, actually rule their own country. That's, that's a main thing. The EU passes EU-wide laws, which is crazy. It's like the United States. I've, I've likened the EU to the United States, except take the countries and you compare them to the United States states. So it's like the United countries, the United, the United Union of Europe. That's what the European Union basically is. So Georgia Maloney has famously been pushing back on that. She says she doesn't like being bullied. 
She doesn't like how much the EU has been tyrannical with, with certain measures. But then at the same time, she's agreeing to dystopian, crazy, fascistic data laws. Laws like things that, that, that will allow you to be punished and you can get fined with if you violate certain you know, social rules within the country on Twitter, things like that. So we'll see if she's actually going to live up to the hype. Uh, if she can get past the, uh, the, the, the poor, the poor timed, but understandable quip when she was talking about how, uh, uh, I, I don't know why his name is slipping my, my tongue. The, the famous fascist of Italy, World War II. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden, but she said he was a good politician and a lot of people were up in arms acting like she was praising him, saying he was a good person. She, he was a good politician. Um, I, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I, this is, this is crazy. Um, I'm going to find out. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Benito Mussolini. I, I talked about him in the past. I talked, I addressed these, these, these claims when she was running for prime minister and when it looked like she was going to win and people were up in arms she said benito mussolini was a good politician and people were like what the hell's wrong oh she's a the new far right wing blah 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 she's a milquetoast conservative she's she is a a populist and could have some nationalistic tendencies <laughs> if, if, if that's a nice way to put it but that might be what Italy needs right now. Italy is, does not have the strongest economy. Italy suffered heavily during the pandemic. A lot of the population suffered, died, has have trauma. They talked about. I, I I talked about the identity crisis that they're going through, and uh, yeah, Benito Mussolini was a good politician. He was so good, in fact, that he was able to seize power, change laws to where he would never, ever, ever he would he would outlaw other political parties. He seized power in a, in a way, changed laws in a way to where he would never lose power, unless, of course, he was killed, which is what happened. He, he created different holidays to worship himself, to worship his party. He was a good politician. Doesn't mean he was a good person. That actually kind of means opposite things. I did also see that Biden, Biden spoke at a, at a college, and he talked about... January 6th was the was a dagger in democracy. So if you're going to complain that Donald Trump still is talking about January 6th, I think it's part of the democratic the it's part of the DNC strategy to continuously talk about January 6th to try to scare people into equating January 6th with anybody but Biden, anybody but the Democrats, which is bullshit because the I've said this so many times before january 6th was funny and it wasn't that bad and the bad parts of january 6th were people for hire allegedly by the fbi and the u.s government and the cia it was a cia op most people were there to peacefully protest and send their guy off as they've done in the past every single uh, almost every single trump rally during his presidency leading up to his presidency when he was running for president was peaceful it's pe it's bible it's it's bible belt construction workers that can only be there for a couple hours on a saturday because they actually have a job and they have to support their family and put food on the table then it gets violent when antifa pops up when when cia backed 
psychopaths like Ray Epps show up and they're like, let's go raid the Capitol, go inside the Capitol and shit on Pelosi's desk and take AOC with fucking zip ties or whatever the fuck. There, th- this has been established. This has been investigated. Of course, it was one of those things where this happened. So, hey, real quick, let's pass this uh, Patriot Act style committee where like we can we can we can track people down and we can invade the privacy of family members of people that that might have talked about going to the January 6th peaceful protests kind of like with 9/11 let's see if we can find more Jan Sixers and and try to prevent the next January 6th it's fucking bullshit Biden's going to keep talking about it so they can get Trump to keep talking about it so they can keep being like look at this unhinged psychopath he's still dwelling on January sixth and and he said he's gonna pardon as many people as he can that were charged with crimes in the twenty twenty election, blah blah blah, but they're still talking about it too. If you think that's not gonna be one of the main things that they talk about on the debate stage, if there are any debates, if they I bet you they can find a try to find a way to not have Biden debate Trump <laughs> in the upcoming elections. They'll try they'll release another coronavirus and then they'll keep Biden hid, hidden away in his basement. Anyway, I was going to talk, uh, uh, you know, I just wanted to brush over that a, a little bit, a little bit as in eight minutes in. The next thing I wanted to talk about, I just saw an update that. So Jordan Feely, famous crackhead, mentally ill crackhead in New York. I'm going to talk about this as genuinely as I can, because I could be lazy and just be like, oh, 40 felonies, glad he's dead. Um, but I've constantly talked about the mental health crisis that we have in the United States and the more and more we go on the more and more you know disgusting behaviors and straight up tragedies that we've seen in this is a tragedy in more than one way a person did lose their life uh, someone else is about to lose their life because of reasons I'll get into but so Jordan Feely yes he did have over 40 felonies on his record He's mentally ill, clearly. There were videos of him, I don't know if this was the day of or times in the past, just shitting in the subway. You know, he had he had in the past attacked multiple children. He had attacked an old lady. When he was attacking people on the day of his death, he just straight up said, you know, he, he was out of his mind, probably high on something, and he was screaming, you know, I don't care if I go to, I don't fuck the police. I don't care if, uh, if, the, if I get, this is what I think he said, but I know for sure he was saying, I don't care if, police come. I don't care if I get arrested, blah, blah. He'd been arrested over 40 times. You know, the dude was by your fifth arrest. You're probably like, fuck this shit. I don't care. Especially in New York city where you're not getting prosecuted for, for, for things like this, for petty crimes, like little assaults and little, you know, little robberies where you're stealing like a McMuffin or whatever. Anyway, sick and tired New Yorkers who are tired of this soft DA, who are tired of Years, years and years of soft policing where they're being punished if they defend their bodegas, they're being punished if they defend their homes, they're getting punished if they fight back against people who are stealing shit, if they don't give things to... I, I, I Wasn't there some politician who was like, don't value property over human life. If someone robs you, give it to them. They probably need it but more than you. It might have actually... I know Seth Rogen said that in LA. But anyway... New Yorkers are tired of this shit. He's going crazy in a subway. A couple people decide to subdue him. A former Marine. I forget the guy's name. It doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe I'll find it. He, uh, Daniel Penny. 
decided to put him in a chokehold to subdue him, and he ended up dying. Did he die from the chokehold? Most likely. Did did he also probably? Here's the thing: chokeholds are one of those things where it's like you can put some you can put any sized human out by putting pressure on their carotid artery. I think it takes about six to eight seconds to put someone out. If you hold it for a little longer, you can kill someone. It's just one of those things. You have to know how to administer it properly. I don't know anything about this guy. It doesn't matter. He wanted to subdue him. Guy ended up dying. He might have been freaking out. Might have been struggling. God knows he struggled like a motherfucker. I'm sure there's video. I don't care. I'm not going to watch the video. It doesn't matter. Guy ends up dying. And now there's there's been weeks of protests, riots. There's been, uh, you know, New York City's getting... The, the, the subway system's getting shut down. I saw some disgusting videos of some people trying to get to work to provide food for their family. Black people, I might add. Not that it matters. And you have other people att- throwing shit at him, punching him, pushing him out of the subway, saying, we don't got to explain to N-words. We don't got to explain to N-words why, why, uh, we don't got to explain to N-words why we're doing this, why you can't do this. And the guy's like, understand, I understand I'm black, but I'm trying to get to work. And they're like, uh, recording him freaking out having fucking temper tantrums and i just i don't understand where you, you gotta hand it to the powers that be they have done a fantastic job at tearing apart the youth of this country starting with the nuclear family you know black lives matter they're famous the or the organization they are famous for one of their root goals being dismembering the nuclear family if you don't know what the nuclear family is that's when a two-parent household a mother and father are raising children together they want to tear that apart and they're doing a great job with it they push they've been pushing communist ideals anti-nuclear family ideals non-traditional ideals in school they've been pushing feminism in 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 schools telling telling young girls to you don't need a man you don't need a man to pay for you you don't need to have kids fuck kids kids are disgusting we're overpopulated humans contribute to carbon so stop having kids focus on yourself get a job and then by the time they're 35 or 40 and they have that decent paying job they have no friends no social life i i've experienced this myself i talked about this when i went on my honeymoon and i'm gonna go off on a tangent a little bit but when i went on my honeymoon in santorini i met uh on this cruise i met this me and my wife met this this like Pakistani lady, she was, she lived in the UK and she was a lawyer. She was drinking all the fucking wine. Seemed very unhappy. Seemed like she went on this cruise because it's like the only trip she's going to get for the next five years. And it seemed like she wanted to, uh, she needed friends and she needed, she wanted to like, I don't know, a, a Santorini romance. Anyway, this lady was like super unhappy, talked about how much her life sucked. And I was like, Oh, what do you do? And she said, Oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I always liked law. I always, I considered going to law school when I was younger. And I'm like, yeah, because you, you sit here and you, you think, oh, I, I beat the system. I focused on school. I focused, it's good to focus on school, but I focused on my career and myself. Now I'm in my mid thirties. I have no friends, no social life, no guys interested in me because I have no personality. It's the only thing I can talk about is law and I'm miserable and I'm an alcohol alcoholic um like most lawyers lawyers have the highest alcoholism rate out of any occupation in the united states i don't know about the rest of the world but anyway going back to jordan neely 
hats off to to the people the, the the powers that be because they're doing a great job tearing apart this country this mental health crisis i've talked about goes back to a couple main main root causes it's not just one thing one one the main thing which really honestly all ties back to the same demons that are that are purposely planting these seeds from a young age they're promoting they're they're not promoting traditional families and i'm not saying like you can't have a gay kid you can't have a kid with tattoos you can't uh, fuck all that shit i'm talking about two parents uh, raising kids it's being supportive because i've talked about how important it is to have a woman in the family because nobody raises kids better than women how important how important it is to have a father figure i've talked about for girls for daughters it's important to have mothers because they can teach them how to how to look for a good man how to be a woman how to treat men how to be treated by men it's important for a daughter to have a father because a father can treat them how can teach them what a good man is how to be treated by women how to be you know protected uh it's famous, you know, father and daughters are, are famously closer than mother and daughters. And same thing for sons. Sons need to have mothers because mothers teach them empathy. They teach them how they teach them how to be compassionate. They teach them what to look for in a good woman. They can teach, they can talk to them and help them understand women better. For sons, they need a father because they need to learn how to be a man. They need to learn how to be treated by a woman, how to treat a woman. This is this is important. It's important to have two parents in the household. Yeah, it's fine if you have uh, two fathers, two two mothers, whatever. But it's just important to have two parents in the household. It's hard enough to raise kids. It takes a village to raise a kid. If you're doing a village's job by yourself, it's hard to do a good job. It's possible, but it's difficult. And, you know, the odds are against you. So they've done a great job tearing apart traditional family roles i've talked about the mental illness the, the mental health crisis in america right now which leads to an overwhelming abuse of drugs we're seeing fentanyl overdoses opioid abuses we're seeing a lot of people on meth and heroin still uh you know we got people addicted to prescription drugs like xanax and percocets the main reason is because men and women are losing their moral compass they're losing something to strive for striving for i've talked about this before everybody who has kids everyone who has ever had kids has told me that having children is is this long long lasting joy it's the hardest thing that you'll ever do but it's the most joyous thing that you'll ever do something that you can't compare to anything else and you have to have kids to understand it i've had people who don't have kids try to tell me well that's not true i'm like you don't have kids you're a fucking loser and of course i'm joking if you don't have kids, doesn't necessarily mean you're a loser. You could have made the choice. You couldn't. You you might not be able to have kids. If you decide, the best, the most important thing is that you and your partner decide and you agree on having kids or not. Because nothing's worse than one wanting kids and the other not. That's that's like a, that's a deal breaker. That's a marriage breaker. That's a relationship breaker for a lot of people. But so they're, so, they're losing their moral compass. They don't have goals to strive for. They're materialistic. Males are being taught that they're pieces of shit because they're they have masculinity. Black black families in in particular have the the lowest the highest single parent households I think of any ethnicity in the United States. It's disproportionate and it's really sad. So when you when you have 
boys who are materialistic, they don't really have a, any parents present. Their mom's probably working two jobs. Their dad is gone. They don't have a compass. This goes for everybody, not just black people. Whites have a lot of single parent households as well. You have no moral compass. You don't, you don't, you don't know how to act. You don't have any passions. You're being taught in school that you're a piece of shit. You have this horrible history because of your ancestry. You, it, it, it's hard to be happy. It's hard to be happy. You're, you're just not learning how to be a normal human. You're not learning how to socialize. Nobody, nobody told us when we were younger, and I'm not making excuses because, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn, but socializing is one of the toughest things to learn, to do, to, to be good at it. And if you don't get taught it right when you're young, it's hard to learn as you get older. So you have all these factors, like I said, single parent households, all of this leads to dying values, dying traditions, dying morals, dead morals as far as I'm concerned, uh, and, and just an erosion of values that have kept this country afloat for a long time, have kept developed nations afloat for a long time. You can say what you want about traditional marriage and blah, blah, blah. I've, I, for one, am not the biggest on tradi some traditions. I, uh, I've given my thoughts on weddings and stuff like that. But don't, don't get it twisted. There's a difference between traditions for tradition's sake and, and proven values and core beliefs and traditions like two family households, uh, two parent households. So it sucks that this is continuing to happen. We're seeing this across the United States still at this point. I, I, it's, it sucks. It sucks that this happened to this guy. But like I said, when you continuously let your population get abused, they're going to take matters into their own hands. Should this guy have, have choked him out? I'm not going to, uh, of course, I hope, I wish that he didn't choke him out. I wish this guy got mental health help, but it might've been past that point. Cause no matter what happens, this guy's going to hurt someone. So he probably saved a few people's lives. This dude could have taken another kid fucking pushed him onto the tracks pushed an old person onto the tracks we've seen it happen in new york city and other cities across the world so it's unfortunate that he died but this guy had been in and out of prison he wasn't getting mental health help i'm tired of people continuously saying this bullshit oh you need social workers to go yeah okay we've had places in the united states try that social worker bullshit and they get raped or killed or assaulted so get the fuck out of here. You're not going to send some hippy dippy fucking social worker to a dude that's tripping out, tripping balls on bath salts and fucking PCP. When you go, when you go to talk to someone who's high out of their mind, they're not listening. They're not there. They can't, they're not going to sit here and do a fucking Rorschach test. You need someone who is capable and able to subdue this person, let them calm down and then get them, get the mental health help. And that's not happening. They said if we defund the police or if we start to pull back funding on police and add it to social work, then uh, we'll, we'll see less police brutality, which police brutality is not a common thing in the United States, despite what the media reports. Did this happen in New York? No. They've been scaling back funding in, on, for police in New York City. They almost got to the point where they were defunding police in New York City. 
And this guy had been in and out of jail. He had 40 felonies, over 40 felonies on his record. He didn't get his the mental health that he needed, mental health assistance that he needed. So you want to keep abusing your people? They're going to take matters into their own hands. So I saw that this guy is being charged with second-degree manslaughter. Uh, there is a, I think, $1.2 million of donor money have been donated to a defense fund for for uh, Daniel Penny. And uh, yeah, he will probably be found guilty of second-degree manslaughter. So manslaughter is when you kill someone, but you weren't intending to kill them. So, I mean, there's no denying that that happened. It's it's going to happen, but he's probably going to be charged. And no matter what, there's going to be more bullshit riots, more shutting down of the the uh, train system, and uh, more people are going to be abused in New York City. Nothing is going to change. New York City, parts of New York City are a shithole. Not the city itself, not the people, but the the politicians the district attorney the this the state officials are are all if not all most if not all are scumbags they're all mostly driven by money corrupt grifters and they suck so new york city people are going to continue to fight back and we're going to see if there's more of these more incidences like this the next thing i wanted to talk about so actually this is the last thing because the Actual last thing I had on my notes, I already addressed, kinda. So, uh, yeah, there are 60,000 migrants waiting near the border as Title 42 is nearing an end. That's Those are the notes that I took. So, from what I understand, Title 42 was a pandemic-era bill that was passed to... That allowed, I think it gave the federal government granted states the authority to turn away migrants at the border, you know, mainly because of COVID. Not because we don't know who you are, not because you could be coyotes, not because you could have fentanyl inside of your child's butt, uh, not, not because you could be an MS-13 or Sinaloa cartel member trying to come behead people. They were turning them away. Uh, for for the sake of COVID, and uh, that's ending. So there are sixty thousand, an estimated sixty thousand migrants waiting near the border, ready to fucking pass. And I I did see that Biden sent some some armed forces to the border, and uh, yeah, well you know I've talked about the border crisis being okay. So the Biden administration, it's been a failure on many fronts. The border being one of the main ones, and if you don't think that Trump is going, is already, he's already hammering them on the border. Most of, most of the United States is unhappy with their handling of the border. They continuously lie about it, but this is the main, this is one of the main failures of the Biden administration. And you bet your ass, Trump is going to attack that uh, on his campaign trail. You know, like I said, the White House press secretary blatantly lies and says there's no border crisis and there's way less people at the border than ever before, when actually there are way more people at the border than ever before. It's falling apart, and this will just reinvigorate strengthening border talks from Trump and the right, which, like I said, they're, they've been building the wall. They're stalling, but they've been building the wall. And I've, I've spoken about this many times before. Of course, I'm in favor of legal immigration. Of course I'm legal. I, I, I'm I'm supportive of legal immigration. The system needs to be done more efficiently. We, we, we should take in as many great 
good people as we can. We should take in as many, as many non, you know, non-felons, non-criminal. I don't know if there's a way that we could build a system. I don't know if there's some kind of database we can build um, to kind of do background checks on people. We can contact Mexican authorities, see what they have to say about people. Because we, at the end of the day, we don't want MS-13. And I say we as in like, I'm still living in America, but I have family members there. And if I do ever go back, I don't want MS-13 Sinaloa cartel members coming across the border into my neighborhoods. I used to live in San Diego. There were, there was a, a turn. There was a, a street. I forget the name. But if you kept going straight and you missed your turn, you're going into Mexico. And if you didn't have your passport, you're not coming back. So I was, I was that close to the Mexico-California border. And uh, there's a lot of people building up at the Texas-Mexico border. So we're going to have to see this how this plays out. But yeah, this is something that the Biden administration is continuing to deny is happening. They're probably going to release some kind of other uh, distracting distracting measure to, to, to keep people's eyes off of this. But at the end of the day, Legal immigration is great. Illegal immigration is bad. So hopefully they can continue to efficiently build this system so people can get over here safely. And like I said, efficiently. I don't blame a lot of people. I don't. I sympathize with a lot of people for coming over here illegally. When, when the U.S. government pardons you or grants you amnesty or allows you to come here and not to pay taxes, and there's little to no repercussions for it. I mean, I I, I understand it completely. Um, I I don't think the tax thing is really. I I should take that back. The taxes is not a reason why people are coming over here. The main thing is for freedom and safety, safety and freedom in those order in that order. If you have, if you look at the five most dangerous cities in the world as far as murder rate per capita i believe all five are in mexico number one is sinaloa mexico i believe let me check that real quick most dangerous cities in the world so as of 2023 the number one most dangerous dangerous city in the world is this in order okay so like i said the top five are in mexico tijuana i've been there uh so yeah it's a problem and i don't blame people for coming here illegally i don't blame people for coming here illegally when you have kids you have elderly family members parents grandparents and you have cartel wars in your backyard. I don't blame them for coming here illegally. And I hope we can do them justice. We can do we can do not just Mexicans, but people from other countries. I hope that we can do them justice. We can take care of them and we can allow them to come over safely so they can build and live a better life in America. Um, stay away from New York City though, because you're just going to be going back into... <laughs> no, I, I'm being facetious, obviously. Uh, New York City is not nearly as bad as Sinaloa, Mexico, but <clears throat> that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I not only talked about two or three things, but, um, you know, the only other thing I was going to talk about was, uh, Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper 
he was freaking out. Him and the left were freaking out about that Trump town hall. Um, and CNN's continuously trying to dwell on Trump talk about the 2020 election. But, you know, I've already addressed this. The, the establishment Democrats, not all Democrats, but the establishment Democrats hate nothing more than freedom of speech and people discussing and debating issues and attempting to come up with solutions. It's why people like Tulsi Gabbard were smeared and called uh, Mossad agents, uh, called Russian agents. They hate it. And then you have people like Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper having meltdowns on CNN saying, I know, I understand, I understand if you never watch CNN again, blah, blah, blah. Uh, these guys are, th these people are pathetic. It's It's pathetic. The world is getting tired of it. The United States is getting tired of it. Americans, voters, they have smartphones, they have computers in their hands, and they're watching They're watching this cycle. They watched the last cycle. They're watching things unfold. They have access to information, and they're just, I, I don't know why, but they're just now starting to understand. And the more and more that people wake up and distance themselves from legacy media like Fox and CNN and MSNBC and... PBS even, all these all these trash legacy media networks, the better off the country will be, hopefully. But like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check out some merch. Uh, check out the merch shop. Buy yourself some merch. Spread this podcast. Buy yourself some nice stickers, some nice, I think I have decals. Get yourself a coffee mug or six. Uh, get yourself a hoodie. Uh, it's summer, so you can get yourself a, a, nice, a nice breathable trucker hat. Get yourself uh, a poster of your favorite podcast and support the podcast. And don't forget, 100% of the proceeds, that's down to the last penny, are getting donated to the Child Mind Institute, a great nonprofit organization that you guys should check out. So that link will be down in the description. And hope you enjoyed the episode. Catch you guys on the next one. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.